Welcome back to On The Screen's podcast. This is Jose. This is Carla. And we have a special guest today. Hold on. Don't talk yet. Special guest. A longtime friend. First time caller. First time caller. First time visitor to the pod house. Is that what it's called? Yeah. The, the, yeah. Anyway. Uh, here's a friend, John Hargindigi. He is an artist slash therapist in training. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he loves to draw animals it sounds like a, <laughs> like, um, the way you're talking sounds like a like an npr show yeah there's not enough welcome smacking. back to art with animals john Jeez. tell me tell me what do you do uh so john say hi hello okay so so for better understanding mm-hmm. tell us a tiny bit about yourself tiny smidge uh tiny smidge okay um wow this is harder than it looks yeah i know <laughs> No, a uh, tiny smidge about myself. It's it's pretty simple, dude. I'm just... Small town boy. Small town boy <laughs> living in a big town. Big town. Um, no, just it's real simple, dude. I mean, we grew up... We all grew up together. I did a stint in the Navy. Now I'm finishing my master's at uh, Loyola Marymount and getting my uh, marital and family therapy uh, with the emphasis on art therapy. I work with vets and I work with uh, at-risk youth using art and and draw and paint and do all that wonderful stuff along with raising a pretty awesome little girl. And that ties into our podcast episode in no way in particular. No. He he just was willing to come out here to do it. (laughs) But you're a big fan of Star Wars. We're all big fans of Star Wars. And that's what we're focusing on this this episode. Uh, The Skywalker saga is coming to an end Mm -hmm. uh, from what we understand. And a lot of emotions running high, you know. So, Carlo, tell me more about what, what we're doing this time. It's the same format. We're just going to... So, yeah, it's basically the same format centric. as the last couple of episodes. Um, it's just 100% all Star Wars. It's not just um, the three films, but also just anything, you know, Disney Star Wars. Like Rogue yeah, One, yeah. Solo, and then the three, you know, seven, eight, and nine. Anything that ties into the whole saga in general. Yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. And... uh after seventy, what, what, how many years is it total now? Seventy-seven to now, it's do the math. Seventy-seven, forty-two years. years. Forty-two years. It's coming to an end, and um, a lot of feelings, a lot of emotions. I think I've been holding off what I'm feeling until this week when I really thought about it, and I thought, "Wow, it's ending," and I'm not sure if I'm ready in the most positive sense. Um, but yeah, besides that, besides that's before we get started on on talking about where this is ending uh, anything you want to add before that um not really i mean well, I, for one let's I'm start off with something excited. really simple because this is obviously our second stint doing this um john we'll start with you tell me your favorite star wars memory in terms of just when you first found the franchise oh shit um Wow, that goes back a long, long time to where my memory is kind of foggy. Uh, it'd have to be, I think the first memory I have of it is watching, oh, it was when they used to play it on... Uh, on Channel 5? Yeah, KTLA. on Channel 5, yeah. yeah. Every weekend it was A New Hope and all of them. Just, yeah, I yeah. think Catching A New Hope on Channel 5 and then sitting down and watching it and my mom just kind of being like oh that's star wars and i'm like oh okay and then just getting hooked from there mm-hmm. yeah yeah i remember so. those days it, to the point where i was like come on guys again 
and then be like followed by a RoboCop. And I thought, hell yeah, here we go. There RoboCop. You go. Robo-cop. Yeah, that's when you're all into RoboCop. <laughs> Gremlins. Gremlins. <laughs> With all the good shit edited out. Exactly. Uh, Carla? Um, it goes back to probably when I was eight or nine and my dad had that pizza place. Mm-hmm. And I would literally every other day steal a dollar from the register Go to Video Galaxy. <laughs> That's that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then I would rent Return of the Jedi on VHS. And they knew me at that store because I would walk in there and that's all I would get. I would get Return of the Jedi. Once in a while, I'd get Virtual Bart for the Genesis. Mm-hmm. Once in a while. But I would <laughs> usually get Return of the Jedi, watch it, and then send it back the next day. And then two days later, I would go back, get Return of the Jedi, do it again, do it again, do mm-hmm. it again. So that was my earliest memory on. And I think that's why still to this day that Return of the Jedi is still my favorite Star Wars movie. That like childhood attachment to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's my very first memory of Star Wars. Just watching it, like wearing the shit out of the VHS of Video Galaxy of Return yeah. of the Jedi. Yeah. Uh, mine is constantly asking my dad to go to Taco Bell so I can get the toys. Oh, yeah. And then special editions came out. I was like, Dad, don't you want nachos today? He'd be like, sure. And I'd be like, cool. <laughs> one toy, please. So I had a but The issue was that I got it the same one many times. So I had a lot of exploding Death Stars uh, and a couple of floating Boba Fetts uh-huh. and the Yoda Vader cube, which I still have somewhere at my house. Oh, Shit. nice. Um, but that was... Interwind it with with food, it became embedded into my DNA. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, I love I love Boba Fett. Now give me those uh that Nachos Bel Grande, please. Oh, I remember Nachos Bel Nachos Bel Grande. Grande. You know, fuck, that was a good one. Yeah, but yeah, so we definitely have a history. None of us are. Oh geez, your I know Carlo, your brother is legit a uh, seventy seven seventy seven opening day at Chinese yeah. theater. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, that's. He goes back. That's as OG as it could get. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, we'll, the format will be the same. We'll have a lot of Star Wars questions and just feelings as we go forward here uh, with uh, the saga coming to an end. Not the whole Star Wars, just the Skywalker saga, from what we understand, is coming yeah. to an end. There's new uh, stories and ideas on the horizon from Disney. So, so yeah. So, let's go. Carlo. All right. So, we're going to start off with basically, you know, we always start off with like a new segment. And there's no exception. Kathleen Kennedy, of course, president of Lucasfilm, she said that she has a director lined up for a 2022 release of a film, Star Wars movie. Um, she's kind of tight-lipped as to who it is right now, but she has one lined up. So that's basically what is announced right now. So a 2022 release. And, you know, since she's being tight-lipped, it had me thinking, you know, how we always trans- transition from the new segment to what would we do in that situation if it was up to you, both of you, what director would you choose for the Star Wars 2022 film, and what kind of story would you tell? I mean, you don't have to go into detail as to like what the story would be, but just a general idea and like what the what who's the director that you would attach it with? If you have any like just small ideas, big ideas, now you just have throw one them too, right? There. Oh yeah, I have okay, one. Okay, okay. So John, you being the guest here. Um, Drinking coffee at mm-hmm. uh, you know six p.m. You can go. Hell first. yes, coffee. Hell yeah, dude. Keeps me going. Um, I really like the way Gareth Edward Edwards, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The way he did uh, Rogue One. Okay. I think I would want to go along with somebody like that. Okay. So and just kind of give it that um, that Western feel that it that it always has. I mean that mm-hmm. it always entails. So. Something you, along those lines. I'm not. 
gonna get mm-hmm. into like I want to see this person's play out. And it's, yeah, you yeah. know what? Let me sit back, something to enjoy. You know, drink a little bit of coffee too, and then okay. and just okay. take in the film. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. I I love the cinematography of Rogue One. I think it's really good, and I like that. Uh, that film was. I think it's in the years it'll be underrated because it's it's such. A, I think Rogue One's a really good film. Yeah. Um, but it's a good one, Gareth Edwards. Yeah, Carlo. All right. So, um, basically, someone that I always thought would be great doing a Star Wars movie, and his movie's coming out next year. It's Kerry Fukunaga, okay. who did True Detective and who did mm. the Bond film No Time to Die mm-hmm, coming out. Mm-hmm. And I still want like a Star Wars noir film. I want a noir film. But one interesting thing is that, um, I don't know if you guys remember, there was a video game that came out. Not, it didn't come out. My bad. It didn't come out. In 2012, it got announced. In June of 2012. It was called Star Wars 1313. Yeah, I remember And it basically 13. the story was of a bounty hunter that basically had to like navigate through level 1313 in Coruscant, which mm-hmm. was like a seedy mm-hmm. underground level full of like criminal gang bosses, mm-hmm. something like that. When I heard about that, and I remember watching the trailer those years ago and so bummed out when like the LucasArts got like, I think they, they Luke, Disney bought Lucasfilm and then LucasArts basically got thrown to the yeah. side mm-hmm. and so the game got canceled. Mm-hmm. But I remember watching the trailer and watching like the seedy underground level mm-hmm. of Coruscant. Like I was just thinking in my head, what if it was a noir film that took place in that seedy, shady yeah. level of Coruscant? Mm-hmm. Basically, like it, maybe it's a story of like maybe a senator found dead there or some Jedi found dead or not even have to be a Jedi. We could stray away from the We can move away from the Jedi stuff, mm-hmm. but like someone of importance showing like ending up dead there. And you mm-hmm. have a guy or two people basically investigating what's going on. Like I love that true detective feel where I had to deal with like like the cultish mm-hmm. type thing yeah. in, se- in season one. Transfer that to that level 1313 make it that cd underground mixing with some cultish mm-hmm. type shit and have carrie fukunaga direct it like i would love that i would love a that, star yeah. wars noir film yeah, i would yeah. love the shit that's, out of that yeah that's the, that i, for, I forgot really about good. 1313 that was it, it got announced and it just disappeared and it was such a bummer because it looked really really good yeah it looked really, really good um it's funny how we all chose different things. So you chose Gareth Edwards, so you want that action, that Western feel, and you yeah. want a noir. Yeah. And the the two dudes who I think one is is you know has already settled into that into that ecosystem of Disney, and another mm. one almost did. Um, either one would be great with me, but I think they both bring the similar thing to the table. I would want either Taco Waititi. Or mm-hmm. Edgar Wright to do a oh, Star shit. Wars movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I think with, with what it's missing is, and it's, I know some people fucking hate it in The Last Jedi when it, when things get funny or humorous. I want to see more of the humorous side of the galaxy. Of like, there has to be funny things happening mm-hmm. in the universe. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't have to be like just like a straight up like like you know like a comedy or like a slapstick film. Mm-hmm. But but how uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Combine action with comedy and still have like a nice heartwarming message in there. Yeah, those two dudes could do that. They could bring that sense, like sensibility, into Star Wars of like relatable, funny characters that are still you know action oriented. So mm-hmm. I want to see Edgar Wright or or Taika. They can do, uh, you know, who knows? Some and that's the thing. Coruscant is such a big world that's never been explored. Really, like you can do a comedy in Coruscant or like dudes going like on a galactic cosmic road trip. You know, like something that that that's. Place to their strengths yeah. in the Star Wars universe, 
You don't have like you say you don't have to mention Jedi, Sith, Skywalker. It's gonna be removed from that. It's a huge galaxy. Mm-hmm. But just those dudes in that universe, I think, could have a lot of fun, especially when it comes to comedy. Yeah. Like Edgar Wright, Hot Fuzz, Baby Driver. Like he's built for that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Taika can bring great characters to life. So they got to give him a shot because there's there's they got to be able to do something like that out there. Uh, that, that's that was the two dudes why and Edgar Wright could have done it with Ant Man. He was almost there. He was almost yeah, there. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I think those two dudes are my guys to give him maybe not a friend, not a like a whole um, trilogy or anything, but just like a film. Give him a film. Give him a standalone film. It's yeah. cool. I would love that. That would be so, awesome. Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. That makes tons of sense. Yeah. All right. So that's basically the news. Yeah. And what have they announced who, who she has? In no, mind? I think is this the, the 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 Game of Thrones showrunners spot that got cleared up, or is it something? Completely it might be completely. It might be something different, or that might have caused this to like occur mm-hmm. where like they have the spot open now so that might be it because from okay. what we know uh ryan johnson is still working on his, on his own trilogy on his own trilogy and then um benioff and Weiss are gone so this might be like their spot this might be what cool. they need to do now cool. okay this, this is the one that she's talking but i guess she's being tight-lipped about it and i guess what i read recently too is that she asked um bob Iger uh, for this little break Okay. For this little break in Star Wars films, like these next well, couple of years, while they get this ready, while they to get go. It, which is fine because I mean we could. Yeah, it we holds could. us over with Mandalorian. Uh, the Cassian series is going to come out. Obi Wan yeah. series is going to come out. That's that's fine. We could hold us over with yeah. like, those TV shows. Yeah, and that's cool with it. Like I'm totally on board totally with that. Fine. Yeah. yeah. All right, all right. So next segment is we always talk about what we've seen, and since we talk about you know movies that we've seen recently or TV shows. I just want to talk about what we've seen in regards to these four films already that have already come out with this new generation movie. And, so and Force, counting, Awakens, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, mm-hmm. Rogue One, and Solo. Solo. Mm-hmm. So basically, I want to talk about um, what part of any of the films have stood out to you. What specifically? Like, I mean, just it doesn't have to be a bunch of things. It could be one specific thing that stretches out all four of the films that kind of just piques your interest that you were just like, oh shit, like I dig that. If there's a certain part of a mm-hmm. film, there's a certain part of, if there's a common bond between all four films that you're just like, okay, I like that about those four films. If there's anything in regards to that. Because I have one for me. So if you want uh, For me, and I mentioned it with Rogue One, the cinematography is so good in this, these last four films. Like, mm-hmm. Especially in Solo. Like I... People don't like Solo as much as they should, but the cinematography in Solo, like the the, the snow scenes, yeah, the, the early ones where he's like he's driving around recklessly, they're shot so well. They look so good. Um, it gives you this nice bleak gray like feeling of like the you know when the Empire is still in charge. Yeah. It was really good cinematography. I loved it. And then when the, when they're out in the desert, it's, it looks great. That guy did Arrival. Um, oh fucking no wonder. Yeah, I mean just Enfys Nest, like that whole fucking thing is so good. Yeah. Uh, so I, I love the cinematography, the way their their Star Wars is shot now. Because I mean, listen, I get it, they're classic films, but I mean, if you watch some of the older ones, if you watch A New Hope or, or Jedi, sometimes they don't look great. They're they're, they're you know they're it's low grainy. They're they're, time, they're you know films of their time, and they they're great films. But you know I, I don't know the the cinematography cinematographic eye, I guess wasn't. As uh, as keen back then, mm-hmm. and I mean they did great jobs without a doubt. But I mean, yeah. you, you watch Rogue One and and Solo and you know Force Awakens, but Rogue One and Solo just take such good like gambles with cinematography, and they pay off so well. Like the beach scenes in Rogue One are just oh, yeah. beautiful, Dude, beautiful scenes. Like 
unparalleled in any other Star Wars movie. Mm, like, yeah. I, I can't, I don't know what else would look as good in Star Wars in the previous films than those beach scenes in Rogue yeah. One. So I, I love, I love those. The cinematography is one of my highlights. And even though it's, there's not a lot, these films have been have had more humor in it. There's more, just a, a lighter sense of humor in some of them, and I, it plays well. Um, you know, b- before you just had a snarky ass droid and three PO, and then a jerky R two, but now you have different uh, droids, and they'll kind of have their own personality, and they're very very like humorous, and I I, I dig that. Yeah. I, I love the fact that they, they can be funny in a broad range of funny yeah so that's the thing that i I took away from the last four films cool um with me i really really liked um just the worlds that they introduced in all of them like you know when we saw the prequels you know even though the prequels we all you know rag on it we all know like how it's you know just the quality of it you know it's like the whipping boy of all the star wars movies but like some of the planets that they introduced in the prequels they're really fucking cool like Camino's really cool. Geonosis mm. is really cool. Mustafar mm. is really fucking cool. What I liked about these new ones is that they introduced other worlds too that I just never thought like, okay, what are they going to introduce yet? Like, you know, Jakku's whatever. Jakku's another tattooing. That's fine. Mm. But like you have places like Crate on mm. The Last Jedi, Crate. which was shot in Bolivia and it has like that salt, the salt, yeah. the salt planet. That's really mm. cool. Like when, they, when those ships hit the salt and, it turns and that red, red that oh. is like such a nice touch. I love the shit out of that planet. Canto Bight, which is basically the Las Vegas of Star Wars, yeah. where it's just mm-hmm. you have all these millionaires and billionaires and wealthy people that are just do you know doing shady stuff behind the scenes, but gambling. Mm-hmm. And I really dig like the look. I have issues with the Canto Bight scene. I'll talk about that a little later. But okay. just yeah, believe me. But just will. like the world itself is cool. Like I really dig it. I was talking to John earlier. Mm-hmm. Jetta. Jetta is a fucking amazing place like the way it's they just center that place around like the jedi mm-hmm. like it's like the jedi's home like their home base basically and yeah. we were talking about it how like it's such a like holy ground mm-hmm. and i love what they did with that just that concept of of jedi itself and then also like i haven't even mentioned the force awakens but like star killer base is still really really cool yeah like the place where Maz's place is at, that mm-hmm. reminds me of Endor. Mm-hmm. It's nothing special about it. Again, Jakku's nothing special really. It's just another tattooing, basically. Mm-hmm. But that Star Killer base, the way it's shot, like it's yeah, that Star whole, Killer base is, is it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's beautiful. It's like it's scary because it's so beautiful, but it's so deadly. Yeah. Like it's so like so yeah. like ominous in the mm-hmm. story. And so I that's what I loved about these films too. It's just that. It took us to different worlds that I just they it still surprises me. And watching the trailers for the Rise of Skywalker, that ice planet mm-hmm. looks amazing. It looks so badass. So I just I'm constantly surprised at like these new worlds that they kept introducing movie after movie after movie. And I just can't wait for like future ones. Like what are they gonna come up with next? What kind of planet? What's it gonna look like? You know, what kind of story can they bring to that planet? So that's that's one thing that always stood out to me with these last four films. Yeah. Is that one. Yeah. Definitely, I think the world building has has come a, a long way. Especially, I mean, you go back to the original films. I mean, it's still beautiful as far as the world building goes. But like, I was thinking back, and I'm like, you know what, Yavin Floor Four, mm-hmm. yeah, Yavin, beautiful, yeah, 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 very reminiscent of like a Cambodian or Thai uh, uh, temple. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even looking at Mayan in, uh, aspects of it, but you go into it, and it's just it's gorgeous. Um, and then along with that, I mean, just uh, the salt planet again. And mm-hmm. when, as soon as it turns red, I mean, 
dude, that's such an awesome little yeah. aesthetic. And it's just like, it's small. It would seem insignificant to anybody else. Yeah. But if you're looking at the details, you're really paying attention to like, oh, you know, what are, what are, you watch it on your yeah. second or third or fourth or how many, however many like being, rounds. Like being know. an art major, like these type of films, is it always, is, are you always like, when, when you watch like one of these movies over and over and over again, is there always something like new that you always find in the aesthetic? Like yeah. if there's like one time you'll watch The Force Awakens, you'll see, notice something in one scene, but then mm-hmm. a second time you'll notice, oh, look at that in the distance or look at how they shot this or look at the aesthetic of this. Like, do you're always constantly looking at different things? Because I figured like with a, like movies like Star Wars for an art major or someone so deep into art like you are, right. it must be like, holy shit. This is beautiful. Look at all these things that are happening around um, these movies happening around these planets. Yeah. Like I can only imagine. Well, I, th- I think with that, I mean, like part of my my uh, my degree, my bachelor's degree was in art history. I have a minor in art history, mm-hmm. and looking at how much he derived from like uh, Southeast Asian countries and just the beauty of the landscapes that he pulls out. Even looking at like Tatooine and and uh, Jakku. Um, looking at more of the the Arab uh, the Arab world and looking where there's more where Babylon used to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you see how these traders and um, the guys who who uh, who traveled the Silk Road and where they would have to go and just the beauty of like the way they build the landscapes. Oh, okay. And um, within Buddhist tradition, I mean, there is a there's a, a route along the Silk Road that they would leave. Uh, they had little apartments, right? And in those little apartments would be the Jatakas of uh, Buddha, which are the stories. Yeah. Um, painted all inside the walls, but it looked like just like a mud hut. You know, and you okay. kind of see little things like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, wow, that's really cool. Um, but I think just the aesthetic, aesthetic-wise, dude, there's, you find little things every every turn. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. They're, very, they're very, very immersive worlds that they've made yeah. these last few ones it's super detailed so, so oriented good. all right so kind of delving into that a little bit more since we're highlighting the films um basically like what we like what part of the films have we stood out to you i want to talk more about scene wise like what is there a couple of scenes within these four films that have that are your favorites like why do you love a specific scene i don't know if you guys have a couple like in your head as to why you love them specific scenes. It could be in any of them. It could be two in one specific film or two. You could leave a couple movies out totally up to you, but just, is there a couple of scenes within any of these films that kind of just stand out to you? You're like, fuck, like I love that scene so much. Like even to the point where if you're watching it, you'll rewind and go back and just watch it again and just soak yeah. it up. Is there a specific scene? Like you go first, Jose, like is there a specific scene that you really dig from any of the films? Um, there's so many. It was such a hard list to 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 make, but you said two to three. I have four. So yeah, go but, for it. Go for it. I have four as well. So let's do four. it. I'm sure we're gonna have some overlapping ones without a doubt. Um, the one that when I saw it, I, th- I think I might have like teared up was when K2SO sacrificed himself in Rogue One. Oh, like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I love that scene so much because he's such a good character. I was bummed out that that's it. That we're done with K2SO. Yeah, that was his story. Um, but I mean, I think he's in, in some a few comic books and stuff. But but. Like I, I thought he was gonna make it out. I thought maybe he would make it out, and he didn't. And I was like, oh, what, what a bummer. And, I mean, that film, I still, again, said it's underrated. Um, the, just the last few shots of everyone just, just you know, ready to die. That, yeah. that whole it was just they that stuck with me because it's like you never saw that in the, 
in the prequels or the original trilogy or in these really you don't see that acceptance of death like you did in Rogue One yeah. mm-hmm. where in like you know the other ones you know just a gold leader gets fucking blown up and no one gives a shit really it's like yeah. oh there he goes um, yeah. you know mm-hmm. and you just see them like in the cockpit like squirm and that's it but like here like you saw them understand what was happening and and though that whole film just dealt with that even the whole um i forgot his name but uh the 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 jedi like keeper uh you know the forces with me i want the force yeah like, the whole thing was just so so good um so but k2so specifically because he i feel like as a droid he would have done it anyway but he knew what he was doing and i was mm-hmm. like oh that that's so so good um second one is I think it was the moment where I was like, oh, shit. I, I, because of the prequels, we came in very weary into this new trilogy. We're like, okay, let's see what they're doing. And yeah. for a minute, we're like, okay, JJ's shooting, you know, like practical sets, you know, just practical locations. Like everything was, you know, almost like the originals. And then you were still coming in with a really kind of very skeptical sense. And the moment I was like, oh, shit, I am in this again. Like I, I'm fully in is when they revealed the Millennium Falcon. In Jakku. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I love that scene. Because, you know, they trash talk it, and then mm-hmm. it whip pans, and it's like, it's there. And you're like, oh, shit, we're back in this world. Yeah. Um, that one, I, I love that scene. It's always stuck with me. The third one is when uh, Vice Admiral Haldo rams the supremacy. Like, oh, yeah, like, yeah. Bar none. Like, if I could frame a shot in Star Wars, it, it would probably be that shot. When they kill the sound... There's no movement. It's just a beam of lights and the supremacy cut in half. And, yeah. and just without a doubt, one of the most iconic scenes in Star Wars. Um, people don't like it. There's a fucking bunch of debates about it online. I mean, if you want to go down the re- the Reddit hole, you can do that, but don't. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it, it's an amazing scene. It's an amazing scene that I'll never forget. Uh, okay. You know, and uh, the last one. What do you think the last one is? Something from Solo? No. Come on. It's the easiest one. I figure you'd have it too. I don't know. John. The most memorable scene. Han Solo. Huh? Han Solo? No, the most memorable scene in... In... in, To uh, me, personally, to me, this is the most memorable scene that I'm like, holy shit. Like, to me, it just like, it made this series just put it up on another level in terms of like, the way it played out and just... I don't know. It's the throne room scene. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like okay, that okay, throne okay. room battle. Yeah. Oh, shit. Holy shit. That, Dude, that was so beautifully done. I mean, yeah, it was beautifully shot, beautifully choreographed. But just like, mm-hmm. I think up to that moment, I didn't know what was going to happen. And that that's a rare thing. If you watch mm-hmm. so many movies, you feel things coming. You're like, oh, this is going to happen. And that's going to happen. And then we're going back to this, you know, ABC. But I really didn't know where that was going at that moment. And when Snoke just eats it, and then mm-hmm. the whole dynamic of the story has changed. Yeah. And then for a moment you're like, oh my God, is this the moment where Kylo goes good or or Ray goes bad? And then you don't know what the outcome of that is. Mm. Uh, that moment, that whole scene okay. is just fucking iconic. Like I can't imagine another single scene in Star Wars that changed the stakes that much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Very true. And that's due to Ryan Johnson. Haters. Um, but yeah. <laughs> uh, no, so those are, the, the, out of all those scenes, I love them all, but the throne room fight scene, I mean, the fighting is so good. Uh, sometimes you see these dudes fight and you're like, oh, no, no one's going to beat, you know, Kylo or, you know, Chewbacca. They're, they're all pretty much invincible. Mm. But when you, have, when you have all the um, 
Praetorian guards coming at you. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, holy shit, these guys, these guys seem tougher than your average stormtrooper. Like yeah. they're definitely here to fuck you up. Um, and they die gnarly dead, like yeah. deaths. Like like one dude gets the lightsaber through the eye, and it's like, mm-hmm. whew, like yeah, I want to be. I want to see that scene where they take the helmet off and see how that dude looks. Like yeah. it's gnarly. So that that scene to me is just bar none, maybe the best scene in, okay. in Star Wars so cool. far. Yeah, those are good scenes. Shit. So yeah, I have one basically from each film. Okay. So we'll start off with the first one, Force Awakens. Um, the scene that stands out to me in The Force Awakens is when basically Kylo is at the altar of Darth Vader's helmet. Mm. That scene, to this day, it's just like... Because before that scene even happens, you see him walking around, you know, just being a badass, just going up to Hux, telling him, you know, get your fucking troops in line, you know, make sure they're doing their job. You see him get pissed off when they reported that they couldn't get BB-8. You just basically see him just being just a brute force in mm-hmm. everywhere he goes. Right in the beginning, the opening scene in the village mm-hmm. is how he shows up and just, you know, just the things that he does. And then everything, like, slows down and everything's just so quiet. And you see him at the altar of Darth Vader's helmet. And then you hear him say, I feel it again, the call to the light. And you're just like, you're like, holy shit. Like, this guy is still struggling with, like, a lot of things inside. Like, all that stuff, all that tough guy bullshit that mm-hmm. he was just, put like, busting out in the first half hour or so, that's all just a front right now. Because, yeah. like, he, he still yearns to be good, and he's fighting it. And it's mm-hmm. it's like he's, it's crazy because it's like, it's like he's, I'm not saying he's praying to, like, the Vader's helmet, but it's almost like he's, he is. Like, it's, he's trying to say, like, how people are trying to, like, you know, get rid of evil. He's trying to get rid of good. Like, he's mm-hmm. trying to get that you know, that the call to the light just out of him. And that scene still just sticks to me to this day because Mm -hmm. just the first impressions you get of Kylo Ren is just like him just taking care of business in the village, him telling Hux what's up, him getting in the guy's face about not getting BB-8, just being a tough guy, just being like, holy shit, who is this new guy running things Mm -hmm. in this new trilogy? And then everything slows down and then you see him at the altar of Darth Vader and you're like, fuck, like he still has a, like, you know, you'll find out his name is Ben later on, but like you still he still has a lot of Ben in him. He's still fighting a war he's still fighting he's still struggling on the inside. Even though, you know, the first half hour shows him completely not struggling, just you know, being himself, being the badass that he is. Mm-hmm. But just that moment, it was just like it still gets to me just watching it. Just like, you know, just talking about the call to the light, yeah. the power of the darkness. Mm-hmm. I like I don't want to fail. Like mm-hmm. basically he has just so much like legacy in him that he just doesn't want to fail. But like you start to think like what is failure in his eyes? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So that scene always sticks out with me in The Force Awakens. That scene specifically. I love it so so much. Like it's just oh, it's one of my favorite scenes. Um, um like, can I can I ping off of that? Yeah, yeah. I think with that scene you see a lot of uh he's trying to solidify his identity. He's not necessarily, he's doing, he's almost doing like an ancestor worship, you know, where he's paying homage and yet he's, he holds Darth Vader to this substantial place in his heart, but he didn't know the full story, you know, or it seems that way that he wouldn't know the full story when, you know, at the last moments he throws the, the emperor down the the shaft, um, but I, th- I think that was just, like, there's so much within there. There's so much, like, little boy looking up to his father, um, even though he 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 just kind of pushes uh, uh, Han away, yeah. you know. And then you look at the way 
he's always I think there's a lot to say about there's he's always searching for that that fatherly figure because you see what happened with him and Luke and you see yeah. what happened with him and Han you know it's just it's such an that point yeah. you see like oh that's who he's turning to and the Kylo of Kylo throughout these last two films reminds me of a certain character and you're gonna fucking hate me for bringing this character up specifically bringing this show up what show do you think I'm gonna bring up uh, oh god damn it it's boardwalk empire yes thank you uh, okay kylo this. reminds me of james darmody in boardwalk empire yeah i can see that because he's going through the same shit he's struggling between um a father of his father mm-hmm. and a mentor mm-hmm. same thing with james darmody in boardwalk empire it's this young guy still trying to make a legacy a name for himself mm-hmm. and he's d- making decisions that he knows that it's wrong, but it's like he's too, he's in too deep in it now. Like yeah. he can't go back. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. Like when I was watching Boardwalk Empire that second season, you know, you see a young guy struggling to find his identity, struggling to live up to a legacy. And it's the same thing with Kylo Ren. So, what, like, when I was watching those two movies, and like, again, I'm on my Boardwalk Empire kick. I love that show. Jose knows. I love he gets that annoyed. Too, yeah. yeah. So it always reminded me of Darmody. Like you have this young guy looking for himself, trying to f- set his own legacy, torn between a father and his, like basically a mentor and mm-hmm. that back and forth. And he makes decisions that he knows like he's in too deep, but he's going for it anyways. You know, so I always love that comparison. And I know you're... It took this long to get into fucking Boardwalk Empire <laughs> right? into the podcast again. We could talk about freaking Monopoly and I'll bring up Boardwalk Empire. Well, well I mean, it's more relevant yeah. for Boardwalk yeah, Empire. We can go right now. No, Monopoly no. Can I, can I four in that bitch? No, never mind. <laughs> no, okay. Rogue One, I'll keep it really quick and simple. Uh, Krennic meeting with Vader. Yeah. That yeah. scene that's, gets to me. And I know people love the ending scene where Vader just yeah, goes that shit. Scene, that's yeah. an amazing scene. But the scene that sticks out to me when it comes to Vader is that scene. Mm-hmm. Because you just see, like, that's the boss. Krennic looks fucking Krennic, scared. Krennic is fucking scared. Yeah. And Krennic, you see how Krennic acts with Tarkin? No one ever talks back to Tarkin like you see him, like no. you see Krennic talk back. And you're like, holy shit, Krennic is a badass. Because you see him talking back to Tarkin. He's like, this is another powerful figure in the room that's going to match up with Tarkin each and every way. But mm-hmm. the minute he steps on Mustafar and mm-hmm. has a meeting with the boss, with like the man, Vader, and the way they shot it, you know, the door opening mm-hmm. up and you see Vader's like shadow, his yeah. silhouette, mm-hmm. how big it is. Just that scene, like he shrinks so quickly and he starts making excuses. He starts stumbling over his words. And you just see how powerful Darth Vader is. The ending scene, yeah, that's another powerful Darth Vader. That's like the physical part. Yeah, exactly. But just, exactly. But just his stature within the galaxy and, and within the Empire, you see that full-blown with that scene mm. with Krennic. Mm. That's why I love that scene. Um, Last Jedi, real quick, Yoda talking to Luke. Yeah. Like that scene. Okay. Like I've always been a sucker for the more intimate, smaller moments in, in Star Wars movies. Mm. Um, so that scene when Yoda talks to Luke, uh, like that's the scene where like I could get a little bit emotional because you see Luke broken. You see him like a broken man. Like mm. he doesn't know what to do. Like he, and he says, I can't be what she needs me to be. And when he says that, like it like hurts inside seeing mm. that. Cause like we've all grown up to be, See Darth Vader as no Darth Vader, fuck Luke <laughs> as this hero, this guy that's just you know fought against yeah. his father, became the hero, became a legend across mm. the galaxy, mm. and he, here he is 
broken, a shell of a man on an island looking for answers. Mm -hmm. And here's Yoda coming back and still teaching him to this day mm -hmm. new lessons that he doesn't know. And he basically tells him, like, look, like, you could learn, you could read all the books you want about the Jedi. You could learn all the stuff that you've learned in the past. But one of the biggest things you can learn from is your own failures. You mm -hmm. grow and you learn from those things. You can't abandon Rey now. You're looking into the distance. You're afraid, what if this happens? What if this happens? And he always says that you're looking too far into the horizon, mm -hmm. not in front of your nose. Yeah. And that scene, that scene still to this day, like, oh, like I watched that scene and I, it just it hurts it's, inside watching it. It's a it. great scene. And, and my, my biggest issue with people who don't like Luke in, that, in Last Jedi is that they're almost like, like just holding or almost fetishizing Return of the Jedi Luke as if he never changed. And like we like yeah. that gap between Jedi and him meeting Ray is so huge that that could be a completely different person. Mm -hmm. So so that's the that's that, and that's the point yeah. of the thing. Like like that's not the dude we left. Like he's changed and this is who he is now. And it, it makes perfect sense that he's broken and like like so like just despondent and just lost all hope. Yeah. Because all the shit that's gone in between Jedi now got him there we don't know what it is but i mean it's, it's been you know fucking fucking up but that that's why i don't understand why people don't like luke skywalker and last jedi because to me that's a perfect example of someone who won and then said now what and didn't do it right from yeah. that point on yeah. and that's where he is at now and i don't i don't get the the gripe about it because to me that grumpy old man luke skywalker is perfect for his story someone who accomplished something and from then on it was whole new uncharted territory for him and that's why he ended up where he ended up because yeah. he didn't know how to handle that and then yoda comes back is like listen fool you yeah know, so it's it's perfect i, yeah. I love that scene because it basically it does it grounds him again and tell him he treats him essentially almost like like uh empire you know luke and yeah, yoda, yeah, yeah. Like, you know makes him see you're still young yeah. you're still making mistakes he's i love that he still calls him young skywalker yeah like i still yeah. love that he says that to him and then last but not least, Solo, the high scene. That's pretty much that's it. That's a pretty good scene, the, yeah. That's, that's just the badass scene. That's a good scene. Yeah. Love mm. it. Um, yeah, so that's basically the couple of scenes. You touched on it a little bit. Some stuff you liked. Do you yeah. want to add in any scene specific? Uh, I, I think specifically when they go to Maz's cantina, um, I think that just, that whole segment is beautiful with all the, with all the different uh, creatures. Mm -hmm. And then you have that whole... Um, the lightsaber scene when she, when she first got, uh, comes yeah, upon yeah, it yeah. and then she has that flashback that just like oh shit that got me mm -hmm. that got me excited to see more mm -hmm. um but you even see the way Maz is with everybody you know with Han with the with the whole crew that are there um as well as within uh the last jedi i think the when they burn it mm. when they burn the books yeah you yeah. know Oh, the book burning. Yeah, yeah the book burning. I think, and then Yoda's just kind of laughing about it. Yeah, you know, and and it, it that they're they're deriving a lot of stuff off of intuition. I think he does, as far as like you know, feeling the force and wanting to have this deeper yearning and a deeper connection with the force. So that like, oh yeah, that hit really really well. Um, and then with Rogue One, I, I think that anything that um, the bot uh, K K two S O K two S O that's the one. Uh, I'm sorry, I, I forgot my notes at the house, so I have good. to pick up everything off of my phone right now. But I think that that alone was just his his com comedic relief. 
in yeah. general was just so mm-hmm. nice. Um, I think when they're going into the um, when they're going through the mountains and they have to fly low, I think that was just so much fun. Yeah, I mean, the fact that I've talked to pilots and, and like understanding like what it is to fly as far as from a, a voyeur's point of view is. It's just like, dude, when you're flying low, you know, what does it feel like when you have to come in here and, you know, it's getting scary sometimes. Mm -hmm. And these guys just like, oh, shit, now you're flying a starship and you're having to cut through here and there. You know, that it's the funner aspects of it. Um, Solo, I couldn't remember scenes and I didn't uh, get a chance to watch it again Mm -hmm. prior to. But I think it's an okay film. I don't think it's as bad as everybody says it is, you know. I really, I, I actually enjoyed yeah, I dig it. it. I, dig I, I honestly think a lot of the gripe with Solo comes to the fact that cast, uh, the casting of Solo. Simply just didn't like him. I, I thought he was, he did, he okay, did a fine, dude. good job. He did a fine he job. Good job. I know people wanted, um, what's his face from? Taron? Yeah. And, and he's a great actor. I like him. But when I saw uh, this guy play Solo, I was like, you know what? I, I dig it. I, 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 yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I, I, I like the, the Solo that he portrayed. Um, but yeah, that's a. Yeah, that's I hate people just uh, fan bases or whatever tribe they. I mean, they're, they they're just to, they're there's 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 a lot of toxic everything. fandom yeah. out there, and, and it's a bummer. Uh, but I mean, I don't understand. We'll get to it later, fucking yeah. Carlo. Yeah. All right. So basically, moving on. Now, <laughs> speaking of toxic fandom, we're gonna talk about what we think they fucked up in whatever movie. It could be any of these four movies, whatever, if there's a scene you don't like, if there's a story you don't like, if there's a character mm-hmm. you don't like, what do you think they fucked up in? You know, our segment, you fucked up. What have they fucked up in? What's something that sticks out to you that you're just like, uh, I'm not cool with that? It could be anything in regards to any of these four movies. Um, I have three. Two of them are count as one, but then. Okay. So, so the easier one is the fact that none of these films, well, Rogue One and Solo couldn't do it. But Force Awakens and Last Jedi, and I get it. It might not fit into the story that they're telling at the moment, but they didn't explore a post-Empire world, which I wanted to see. So now we're post-Empire. I want to know what has changed, you know? And and Mandalorian kind of touches upon it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, they're dealing with it with like a kind of an outer rim aspect. Like, you know, out here, this is how it's changed you know, on Tatooine and shit. But, like, I want to know how has Coruscant changed? Has um, has Naboo changed in any way? Um, like, I want to know what happened post-Empire mm-hmm. um, or or what didn't change. You know, that's also interesting to me, you know, because now they have the New Republic. What did the New Republic change? And, and they kind of mention things here and there, like, oh, New Republic this or whatever. But it's like, we're still kind of stuck in the outer rim, the sleazy areas. I wanted them to go into the major areas. Go into yeah. Coruscant. Go into, go back to the major... Uh, populate areas to tell me what has changed post empire because mm-hmm. y- you watch you know uh empire and bespin looks like it's thriving it's doing all right how did bespin change after yeah. after the post empire fell so i wanted more post empire i get that we're you know we're, because of what the story we're fucking off in jaku and porgs and shit but mm-hmm. I-, I wish we saw more Metropolitan Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't hate okay. all my porks, dude. I love the porks. Porks are great. Porgs I'm sure they taste delicious, they, too. I, I bet you they do. I never um, liked them, but anyways. Um. Uh, pork Nation. Uh, so, the one thing that, and I'm, we're probably the same shit. Uh, the same movie, both mistakes that I think, if you take them out, they make the movies better. One, we don't need Benito del Toro 
in, as oh, DJ yeah, yeah, in yeah. Last Jedi. He didn't really do much. Kind of a throwaway character. I, did, I wanted him to be important, and I just didn't care for him at the end. I was yeah. like, whatever. Uh, but, I hate what they did with his speech. His little like ticks and quips. Oh, yeah. I, I hate that. I, I just, feel like that's all him. Distracting. I feel like he shows up like, "Hey, what if I did this?" and they, and talk like this. And they're just scared to tell Benicio like, no. Sure, yeah, sure, Benicio. Anyways, I'll be over same, here. Same with same with Guardians. Like, hey guys, what if I do this and like speak this way? They're like, yeah, do whatever you want. We're yeah, scared. Yeah. Of, we're scared of you. Mm. Um, uh, but on that also is the uh, the Cantobite casino scene. Mm-hmm. Not the casino scene, the horse chase. I yeah. am not a fan of that horse chase. Neither am I. I yeah. think I I wish I could like describe more as to why I don't like it. I honestly I just feel like it's filler. I can't yeah. describe it in any other way. I just think it's just unnecessary. And it's just Yeah. To me there were no stakes in it. Like, they were gonna escape or something. And I just as much as I like the world and they explore like, oh look, there is like a, the, the rich area of like, you know, the galaxy. And they had a message like, "This is where everyone is. Everyone profiteers off war. Everyone profiteers off like, the bad shit, and no one says anything." And they profiteer off of both sides. Of, of both sides. That's yeah. the thing. It's it's. Um, but they don't. But that horse chase is just fucking like it's just. I was not a fan of it. It felt like filler. Nothing interesting happened, and all that was just to fucking introduce DJ, who I didn't give a shit at the end of the day. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, fuck. It was just so like, to me that was Ryan Johnson's uh, stumble with that because uh, I just you could take that. You could take that scene out and it'll be a better movie, but now that I saw that scene, I don't like it so much that I can't forget it and it's even mm, worse. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's scenes that I don't care for in Rogue One or Solo, but I, I forgot them. This one I can't forget because yeah, it fucking bothered me so huge much. Chunk, mm-hmm. Yeah. Those, those are my, okay. know, my exploration of the post Empire and then uh, fucking horse, space horses. <laughs> space horses. All right. Um, the one that I'm going to talk about, or two, one is, has to do with JJ and Ryan. Johnson. Mm-hmm. I think they both fucked up with this handling of a character and it's Captain Phasma. Yeah. Holy shit, yes. yeah. Yeah. Okay. We can all agree, like, the look of Captain Phasma, what we've seen, had so much potential. No, I, I think that was on purpose. I think they were setting up your new generation Boba Fett and Captain Phasma. You think so? I think so. Yeah. It's just with, with, with really a single thing that happened. And that's to what her. sucks yeah. is that, yeah. like, okay. You see her in The Force Awakens, and you're just like, okay, fuck. Like, you barely see her. She's kind of like a joke in it. You know, gets stuffed in a trash compactor or whatever. And then you hear all this hype up with Ryan Johnson, The Last Jedi. And then you see her in the trailer. You think, okay, she's going to play a more prominent role. She's going to be in there. The whole movie passes by, and she's literally in there for like 10 minutes. She faces off with Finn. She dies, and that's it. And I'm just like, God, like, I want more. I know... There's Hux, there's Kylo, there's Snoke, there's everyone else on the Resistance side. There's so many characters you have to toss around to and give them their time. But man, like I just wish there could have been something more to Captain Phasma than just being stuffed in a trash compactor in one movie and then quickly getting killed in the second one. Mm-hmm. So that's what sucks about, I think both J.J. and Ryan, I just think they severely just cut, like, it was just... They dealt Phasma shit hand. They built her up mm. like a like a toughest nails character, but every time she did something, she just like reprimanded you. Like I want to see her instill that fear in, in, into Finn somehow, not just by speaking with her, but like mm. show me what she has done to other yeah. troopers. Show me what she's capable of. Like make her to be feared. Don't just be like, well, she's in charge. It's like that doesn't change anything. Like, yeah, show me why she's a badass. Fucking BB-8 did more than Captain Phasma, and you know. He's a fucking ball. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. that's true. So that's one, and then I think the other one is basically Kathleen Kennedy not letting them finish solo. 
Ah, yeah, that, yeah, the solo. Lord thing. and Miller, mm. yeah. letting them not finish solo. Like yeah. Ron Howard, good guy, did what he can with the movie, and I think it was a safe choice. Yeah. And he got the movie done on time. Everything went smooth after, and he's see. And again, Solo, I dig Solo. Like Solo is fine. It's a perfectly fine film, but it's just always that. It's always gonna be that what if. What if they were able to finish the movie that they intended it? Mm-hmm. Like how much of their movie is in Solo? That's what I want. What else do they have planned? And yeah. that's that's the thing that kind of sucks. It's just like, I guess I get it. She rules with an iron fist, from what I heard. But at the same time, it's just like, God, like they're so talented. Those two guys. Mm-hmm. Just what could they have done with with Star Wars? What could they yeah, could have done could, with yeah. with Han Solo? Such a fun character. It makes me think that they did something that she personally did not like. Because these dudes have been on a roll. Like everything they've done has been great. Mm-hmm. I feel like they've handled characters who have some sort of prestige, like. Batman, even if he's on Lego for like Batman, they've handled him with humor and they don't make him look bad. Like like yeah. fucking Lego Batman had his own had his own movie. He was so fucking good. Yeah. So it's it, I think that was just someone being offended as to what they were doing. Like, oh you can't do that with solo and they get fired. And then you lost like two great talents, like literally generational talents that can't do this movie now. Yeah, yeah. Uh I don't know what they changed. I I'd like to find out, but we'll never whatever know. it was, I can't I, I don't know. It had to be a personal choice because I feel like some people think Star Wars is like holy and sacred, and they don't want anyone to like even change a little bit of the the like you know mythos of it. But yeah, that that one did piss me off. Okay, John, do you have any that you just think like eh, I'm not digging that you, choice? That you decision. know what? I'm not gonna lie. Like both of you hit them on the head, dude. I think what they did with uh, Phasma was they shortchanged us. I mean, she could have been so much more. Than just that. I mean, I like the callback with the uh, with the trash compactor and everything, but I think yeah, it's the same thing with Boba Fett. I mean, I still feel that Boba Fett there could have been so much more with that whole thing, but yeah. I think that's what they're doing with the Mandalorian as well. They're giving us more of that that Western feel as far as mm-hmm. the Mandalorian goes, and the bounty hunting, um, and then yeah, the space horse race. I just I wasn't into it. Space um, horses, man, and I, I, you know, that helped introduce like the new like resistance kids. But even then, I was just like, man, we didn't need the fucking horse chase. I like, don't worry, I that. love, I love Rose's character. Yeah, I, I mean, the, I, again, my issue is not with the character. It's just like we didn't need a ten minute horse chase through a casino, and it's like ugh, it was just fucking filler to me, man. It, it, I'm like, is this is this like a, an environmental thing? Are they trying to say something with it? But I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to dig too deep, but just eh, I don't like it. I just don't like not it. Not for I, me. I don't. I don't. I do not like space horses. Yeah. Yeah. Are you a horse girl? Girl? Yeah. No, you're mm-hmm. not a horse girl. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So next one is, of course, we touched on you fucked up. Now it's I fucks with you. So what are two or three things? Two or three things that you've dug from the films. It could be anything. Again. I mean, we talked on talked about scenes, um, certain highlights of the films. But is there anything specific that you just want to be like, all right, I fucks with that? Like anything specific? I definitely dug the um, unsophisticated lightsaber battles. I like how people are just so un—they're not used to lightsabers anymore. That Kylo—I don't know if he does it on purpose or not, but he just fucking drags the shit on the ground. Yeah, and <laughs> he's <laughs> like, a, he's like mm-hmm. a baby dragging a teddy yeah, bear. Yeah. It's just a good cop. And then and then uh, Ray just fucking blanket. swings at anything. Like yeah. she doesn't really know what to do either. Even after she, only after she meets Luke does she get a little bit better. But even then, during that scene, they're still. 
I feel like they're making mistakes that a Jedi master would not make. Uh, so it's I like the uncoordinated characteristic of the battle, mm-hmm. which is a great contrast to the fucking super choreographed prequels battles, which were like jump, slice, block. Yeah, you know? yeah. They were beautiful to watch. They were like ballet, but they were so clean and, and precise that they were unrealistic. And now these feel to me like they have a sense of panic and urgency and and more danger to the actual weapon because Kylo's fucking crazy with it. He just swings yeah. that shit around. Yeah. I, I also... Um, I like Grumpy Luke. I guess I, Grumpy Luke... <laughs> and, and, Grumpy Luke and Chill Yoda could be like a don't like fucking 30-minute mm-hmm. sitcom. Um, the... The, the the just the quality of these generations the, these movies the X-wing tie fighter battles mm-hmm. have been so much better when you see Poe actually kicking ass in a tie fighter when he's doing his fucking oh, maneuver in the force, in the force awakens yeah. that one scene when he shows up at Maz's and, yeah. and he just starts kicking ass and you're like that's that's why he's a fucking hotshot pilot yeah. I love that because we never really saw that in the other ones they just all flew like in formation and then just like you know pew pew each other and then you pretty blow much up it. or you don't. Now you see the fucking the danger and how close it gets to the people and like the damage it does. Mm-hmm. Um, along with uh, besides those, I really I really do like Ray. I think Ray's a great character for the trilogy for this trilogy. I think she's awesome. I like how she is both like angry all the time. Like, to me, she is full of anger, but she's also very very like kind. But she's mm-hmm. also very very angry, and I think that's. I don't know if they're gonna that's gonna be explored in the new one because we've seen the whole dark ray, you know, picture that came out. Uh so I don't know if that gets explored, but I like Ray, but I really need her to be a nobody. If she turned out to be a Skywalker, I will be massively disappointed. Yeah, yeah. Uh so I want her to be a nobody. I want her to be someone who's just in tune with the force. Yeah. Because Rogue One kind of sets up that the force is there. You don't have to be a specific person to mm. receive or like be accessible to the force. The force is there. It's just how much faith you have in the force and how much you're open to it. So I think I want Ray to be someone who just has that naturally. Uh, not you don't have to be a Skywalker. You know, you have to be a fucking royal bloodline to get the force. Yeah, exactly. So that's what that I do like Ray. And I, if she turns out to be just unrelated to the Skywalkers, it'd be amazing. She'd be a cool. great character. All right. Um, quick ones for me. What I really loved was basically the Rogue One as a whole, the group, the group as a whole, Rogue One, Mm. because when you watch the film, it's just what the one scene that sticks out to me in Rogue One is basically when the rebel, when the rebels themselves were just too cowardly to do anything about what was going to happen. And so the whole time this Rogue One group was like, we're going to go in and we're going to kick the Empire's ass. And then... When the rebels were just like, uh, no, we can't, we don't stand a chance. We're not, we're just gonna stand back and let the inevitable happen. Mm. They're just like, you know what? Fuck you guys too. We're gonna take matters into our own hands. We're gonna do what we have to do to save everyone, to mm. save the galaxy from these tyrants. Mm. And so that's what I love about what they did with the Rogue One group, because it's basically not only a middle finger to the Empire, but it's, it's literally like a middle finger to the rebels too, because mm. the rebels at that point were too scared to do anything about the death star anything to do with the empire they gave up mm-hmm. and this group of people were just like no fuck that we're gonna keep on going we're gonna do what we have to do and then it was later on where they're like oh wait look what they're doing they're actually you know defeating the empire they actually infiltrated the base and getting the plans then we might as well go help them let's go do it you know that's why like i loved the rogue one group as a whole and then the other one um 
is a character that I love and that I hope in the future this character gets a movie, a series, even if fucking books come out on the character, I think I'm going to read a book. Wow. Shit. Wow, that's right? Hard. That's me, right? Shit. Crazy, right? And it's Enfys Nest. Enfys Nest. Enfys Nest is f- such a badass character. And it's totally like when you watch Solo and you see the beginning of it, you think, oh, it's a space pirate. They're just trying to get in on their loot. Mm-hmm. And that's basically, and then you find out who Enfys Nest is and her story is so deep and there's so much meaning behind her story and it's basically the first seeds of the rebellion and she's basically one of the first seeds of the rebellion mm. and i just loved anything and everything about the character i wanted more of her in solo but it's it's fine and i just think there's so much to talk about to explore you know what happened before solo mm-hmm. what happened after solo with her character what does she do after with the cloud riders the marauders what do they do after with all that coaxium so i just i just think there's so many possibilities for this character and i love I love Enfys Nest. I, I, I think it's just this, it's a character that has so much potential. And I just, I hope to God that they, they do something with the character. And those are probably the couple of things that I really dug. Also, last minute one, making Kylo supreme leader, not making him, you know, turning him good right away in that film. The minute he became supreme leader, it's like he digged himself into it deeper. And, yeah, and I, yeah. I, I love, I really respect that decision by Ryan Johnson to do that. Supreme yeah. leader Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. Dig it. So all Love bets it. are off. Yeah. You're dealing Love with it. Love it. So, John, is there anything, one, two things that you're just like, you really like from these films? Like something that you just like, a character, a certain look to one of the scenes, certain aesthetic to a certain world, like whatever said, it is. Dude, I think the aesthetics are overall beautiful. The way that they, they use them, even in the casino, dude. That just seemed like the most posh and, and uppity yeah, place yeah. that you would be in. Um, it's a beautiful, the, the world building again is just a beautiful place and the way they do it. I love, I love Ray. Um, just the way that they're bringing her up and the way that they're showing the, the growing pains of becoming a Jedi. And even with, uh, uh, Kylo Ren, you see growing pains within this entire, uh, scheme of it. Yeah. And that's what you saw within the first series too. You know, in the initial, I think that's the biggest thing. You see somebody go from uh, an adolescent to becoming an adult, but in in terms of, like, becoming a Jedi. Yeah. You know, coming into their own, being in their own place. You know, when, I mean, even getting their their own lightsaber, you know, yeah. those are those are huge, huge yeah. aspects of it. Um, but I think, like, I like uh, uh, Finn as well. I think he's fun. He's just a fun sidekick to have along with Ray. Um, his his backstory is really well, well done. I mean, even the fight, <laughs> even the fight that goes down with him and um, what's his name, the stormtrooper with the electric uh, oh, yeah, baton. Yeah. Traitor. T R. His name was like T R eight something. Yeah. 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 Traitor. <laughs> hey, he that that alone. I mean, that just like okay, yeah, I got respect for this dude because it's just, and he's morally driven. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah, uh, initially he's, he's set out on his own and he's like, oh, what's in it for me? What can I, you know, I just want to be safe. I want to get out of here and I want to mm-hmm. be safe. Uh, and then when he realized I can't be safe and now he has this attachment to Ray and it just, it'll be driven further. I really, really like the way that they set them, those two up. So Cool. Alrighty. Um, now it's basically getting into... The Rise of Skywalker. Mm. What we want to see. 
So it's Ugh. coming up. Was it five four day, five days away? Yeah, I can't believe it's already here. It's it's just insane. It blew by. It, it really did. So basically, this is the what we want to see segment. A couple things to hit on. One, what are your expectations for the rise of Skywalker? What don't you want to see from the film? And one prediction you have for the film. Oh, the prediction. And whoever wants to start off, okay. please go for it. Uh, expectation. I think it's. I think J.J. Abrams is going to bring it in for a nice soft landing. I don't think he's going to go out to shake up the world at this late in the stage of the of the story. I think it's going to probably wrap up a lot of questions that he started. I don't know how interested he is in exploring Ryan Johnson's Star Wars. I think he's going to basically go back to Force Awakens, gloss over Ryan's, and then kind of um, just end it, end it in his hit what he wanted. Um, and you can tell already how he automatically brought back the Knights of Ren after Ryan just ignored him. Yeah. Uh, and now they're here. And it's like, is this too fucking late for the Knights of Ren? Because I don't give a shit about these guys now. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, but now there's merchandise, so you know they're in the movies. They're going to show up, and we don't know what what what, what capacity, but they're there. So I think he's going to explore his his Star Wars and just bring it in for a nice easy landing. Um, I, I I think I think it'll be satisfactory. I don't think it's going to blow any of the previous ones out of the water. Uh, I think he J.J. Abrams does J.J. Abrams, so he's very pleasing to a larger audience. So I think he knows what, I think he knows how to do it. And not saying that's bad, but I think he's going to just go for the overall, you know, fresh tomato instead of the the rotten tomato there. So I think yeah. I think it'll be fine. Okay. Um I don't want to see him completely eliminate the last Jedi's additions to the to the saga. But even though that interview came out where he kind of takes some low shot shade at it. So I think he's might not retcon it, but just we'll just gloss over or just ignore things that Last Jedi might have set up, and that's a bummer because Last Jedi to me, I love it. Uh, so it, I don't want to see that. My prediction, oh yeah, my prediction is here. I think, I think Kylo turns. That's my prediction. I think, okay. I think he turns. He's gonna do. He's because from the very beginning, J.J. Abrams was already kind of paralleling the the original trilogy, um, starting off in Jakku and then the story itself. So I think. I think Kylo gets his Darth Vader redemption moment. I think he he ends up being a good Force ghost. I don't know if he dies, but I think he just ends up being on the good side of yeah. things. Um, I think he dies, but I think he'll 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 have his Anakin Skywalker moment moment where he asks for forgiveness okay. from who I don't know because, um, you know he who could he ask for forgiveness? He killed his dad. I don't know if Leia makes it to the end of this film. He could ask Leia, um, or just Ray. But it's going to be someone who he has a connection to. Yeah. So, so yeah. So that, that's 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 what I think about Rise of Skywalker. I don't know how the Emperor plays into this. I, oh God, I'm scared. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 over now. We you know it's it's done. Yeah. This is it? Okay. Um. So my expectations. Yeah, I just think JJ is going to play it safe, and I expect it to be a spectacle like i expect okay the okay. the ending i honestly think it's gonna be like return of the jedi ending where it's like you have d- 
different things going on at the same time. You have whatever's going on with the Emperor and Kylo and Rey, and then that huge battle at the end, and maybe there's something going on on the side. Because I remember from what I remember from Return of the Jedi is that you had the space battle, you had Luke and Vader, then you had what was going on in Endor. Mm-hmm. And I feel that, I don't think he's going to go necessarily that route, but it's going to be different things going on at the same time. And that space battle looks like it's going to be just monumental, like historic, mm-hmm. just the way they set it up. Um, what don't I want to see? You touched on it earlier. I don't want to see Ray becoming a Skywalker. I don't want to see Ray. You find out that she's fucking a Kenobi or she's like a descendant of Palpatine, some <laughs> bullshit. I don't know. You know, you know, I just I'm just saying these things because you, you just never know these days. I don't I think those things are too far fetched and ridiculous for them to happen. But you just never know. Because this, when I when the title first came out, The Rise of Skywalker, I was like, Ugh. like. What the fuck does that mean? Does it mean, oh, she gets bred? Like, instead of people calling people Jedis now, they call people Skywalkers? Is that what it is? I, you know, that's honestly, to me, the best case, best case scenario. Jedi is dead. Like, like even Yoda's just like, fuck it, fuck it. Jedis are whatever, Jedis dude. are dead. They're yeah, Skywalkers so now. The Jedi thing is dead. Now you're a Skywalker. That, mm-hmm. that, to me, that'd be a perfectly good alternative. Yeah. So, I mean, that's cool with that. But I just, again, I don't, I want her to be a no one. I want her parents to be nobody. I want her to be that message that you could be from anywhere in any situation and you can make something of yourself and you could be the change and be the hope people aspire to be. That's a great message for Ray. If you make Ray part of like a, a, a royal bloodline, yeah. oh, she's legit, she's an actual Skywalker. We just found out so, so, and so. She took the 23 and me. Yeah, and, you know, and, and says and her, her medical orient accounts. Yeah. yeah, you know, all that bullshit, like that would disappoint me beyond belief. But it's if she's... you and Vader that have this man. <laughs> yeah. If, if she's just a nobody and that message is basically stays place where you could be a no one you could be someone someone from you could be a person from nowhere and make it and be the hope and be an inspiration to all and be a change and that's a great story my prediction is very 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 specific because they've been teasing the shit out of 3PO is going to get fucked up somehow okay, some yeah. way <laughs> yeah, they they've been teasing that shit for a long time <laughs> and i think what they're going to do is basically this is my prediction is C-3PO is going to go the L337 route. Okay. Mm-hmm. Remember the droid in Solo? Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. they did to her. Mm-hmm. That to gather up all those resistance people, all those people to fight in that last space battle, mm-hmm. since he's a protocol droid, he knows all these languages, they basically need to decommission him and break him down to send a signal to everyone, to everyone in the galaxy. This is the battle of all battles. Grab whatever you can and join the fight. And I think that is what they're going to do. So that's why he's basically talking basically his last rights throughout the whole time. It looks like he's in fucking space hospice, <laughs> like saying these things like, oh, R2, you're my best friend. I'm taking no. one last look at my friends. It's like so. You know what funny? And that's uh, with that scene, because it looks like he's very emotional. Like, like what do you do? Like, like taking one last look at my friends. What if they're like, oh, we're not your friends. Jesus Christ. We're not your friends. Yeah. Operate. When, when I saw that, and I was thinking, okay, what the, f- what does this mean? And that was my first thought. Like, they're going to do an L337 on him. They're going to decommission him to send a, like, a signal to all these other galaxies with all these other people everywhere, use all of the languages that he knows, dialects, and send that signal and say, hey, come join the fight. And that's where you get all those spaceships at the end joining in on the fight. Mm. So that's my very, 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 very specific prediction. That, that, you know what? That, 
That makes sense. It does. That. He's a protocol droid. He'll help send out the the, the one <laughs> you don't signal. Have any friends. <laughs> Just like you know, looking at my friends. Oh, we're not your friends. Activate. I remember someone put on Twitter like because that that TV spot went out where he says goes to R two like, you're probably my best friend of them all. And someone put like <laughs> you know he's like you know what I think out of everyone R two despises him the most. <laughs> someone put that on Twitter. I'm like it's it's so fucking true. Yeah, R two's almost like this fucking guy. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So. Again, with you, John, expectations. What don't you want to see? Do you have I, any little prediction? I, I think uh, along the same lines as you guys. I mean, I don't want to see Ray be a Skywalker. I don't want to see her follow that same, like, be held to uh, 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 that lineage. You know, I want her own lineage to be to be blazed, you know, and her own, her own path to be blazed ahead of her with what she's going to do. And allow her to really explore it. But I think with, uh, I honestly thought they were going to K2SO. Um, uh, uh, C3PO? C3PO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's, that's my one fear. I'm so, like, no, don't do it. It's so fucked up when you watch the shit. It's just like, <laughs> God, man. One last look at Stop all Stop doing friends. that, JJ. Stop <laughs> yeah. making it. You know fucked up? What if Archer's the one just pressed the fucking button? Like, all right. <laughs> look at my phone. Say, <laughs> <laughs> fuck, R2. I mean, he, he <laughs> just walks like, away. Where the fuck were you when I was decommissioned under a fucking car? <laughs> nah, that's party. when he pulls out the little buzzsaw, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... But now, like, like, that's the whole thing, dude. I don't want to see it go super cheese. I mean, I'm expecting a little bit of cheesiness because it's 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 Disney now. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's to be expected. Even when they brought it in with uh, one, two, and three, I mean, you expected a little bit of cheese to go with it. Uh, but I mean, as far as predictions go, too, I think yeah. Aside from they're gonna they're gonna fucking destroy C three PO. Um, uh, I want to see it come to a, a, a nice conclusion. I want to. I want to be able to, to like be satisfied. Not necessarily like, oh my god, that was the greatest ever, but be like, walk out and be like, you know what? That was a damn good film. Yeah. You know, Just, maybe not the best, maybe not the worst, but it was a damn like closure. good film. Yeah. Like I feel good. Like Princess Leia, yeah, she's gone. You know, Luke, yeah, he's gone. But like, okay. Yeah. But, also, I don't uh, want two hours of. Lord of the Rings endings of just, yeah. you know, now what happened to Finn? Now what happened to Rose? Now what happened to 3PO? You know, now it's like, no, just give me a good story that just closes out this saga. I don't need to know the happily ever after. Just tell me how this story ends. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, but, okay. No. So, last segment, home stretch now, the state of Star Wars. So, basically, as a lifelong Star Wars fan, how do you feel about the franchise as a whole moving forward as it closes out the Skywalker saga and concentrates on different storylines in the future? Like, how, how do you feel about it? Like, just over your overall feelings about it, Jose? Um, I, I wrote that we're ready to move on from the Skywalker saga. I think at this point, once it's over, it's like we're free from it. We're free from Anakin, Rilo, uh, Kylo, uh, Rey, um, Han, we're just we're free of it. That story is over, and I think at this point we now can move on. And now we also come to the realization that the universe is so big, full of so different stories, like the Mandalorian, that now we can explore other characters, other families, other you know great stories that live in that universe, but don't depend on the Skywalkers. they could have been affected by what the Skywalkers did and what the, you know, the Empire and the Rebellion, the Resistance and everything. We, 
that affects everyone regardless of where you are in the universe. But there are stories within that that are not strictly connected to that. So I want to see those stories. I want to see the, the 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 crazy heist movies. I want to see the like the Mandalorian just walking through the land with fucking Baby Yoda. Uh, I want to see those stories that live in that world, aren't connected to it, but may have may have some sort of some vague mm-hmm. you know resemblance to something that happened. But it's how cool. I mean, I don't know how cut up you are with Mandalorian, but how cool is it to know that? Who was it? Um, the bounty hunter that was a shock trooper, and you're like, oh fuck, mm-hmm. they were a shock trooper. That's fucking cool. Yeah. Like, you know, and then you, you see how the Mandalorian is so fucking like, he's like, oh, no, she's fucking tough shit. She was a shock trooper mm-hmm. like that. Like that lives in the universe. And, and but it's still independent of the Skywalkers. And mm-hmm. I'm ready for that. I'm ready to move on. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready to close it out and be like, show me who else is out there who has interesting stories. Because it's not just this family. There's definitely more people out there with interesting stories. Yeah. So I want to see that. Fuck um, it, bring back pod racing. That shit was kind of cool that I think about yeah, it. Yeah, that was cool. So, um, Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to what the future holds. Uh, they're done. It's a wrap with the Skywalker saga. Um, again, just give the future films to directors that want to explore new avenues, new directions, and just... Honestly, I know it probably won't, but just take some risks sometimes. I know it's like putting a lot of money into these films... But man, like have fun with it. Like you mentioned earlier, have Taika take a film, add some humor, you know, yeah. let's let's see some things that are outside of the norm for Star Wars and again, just push this, the franchise forward in new and exciting directions. Again, Skywalkers, they're done, it's over. It was a great story, great saga, but just push it forward and I'm I'm looking forward to it and I honestly hope that um I know it's I'm it's wishful thinking, but I just hope that with these future films that a lot of the toxic sides of fandom kind yeah. of just dies. I know it's not maybe possible because there's always going to be no. a toxic side, but you know mm-hmm. what? Like it just, it, there's a lot of times where it seems like there's a lot of them, but it's just like the fact that it's social media and it's, their voices are just mm-hmm. amplified. Yeah. There's not a lot of them out there. Well, there is a lot, but there's not compared to like the people that love, the Star movies for what they are, yeah, appreciate it's the loud them. Minority. It's the loud minority that just bitch and moan and whine and fill their diapers each and every day on Reddit, on Twitter, on anything to complain about trivial shit. And because Ryan didn't pander to the nostalgia, Ryan didn't like they didn't. He didn't meet their fanboy theories about a certain character. Like I'm done with that shit. Like I really, really hope that that shit dies down a lot because it's just it's just unbelievably frustrating and i can only imagine how it is with with some people on twitter that are just like they say one comment about the last jedi and it's just like their replies are just filled Blood, to the brim yeah. with bullshit and it's just mm-hmm. like we're a small little little podcast with a small little twitter following not just minor but what about like the 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 screenwriters the directors the producers the yeah. critics with Thousands and thousands, even millions of followers, and they could put like one one aspect I learned about Ryan Johnson's The Last Jedi is, and then five minutes later, it's just like filled to the brim with yeah, bullshit it's, and it's, toxic replies. Yeah, and I just hope that this toxic fandom crap just gets just shrunken down to the point where it's just like it's not even like a bullhorn; it's just like a little whisper, and you just get it the fuck away. Anything else has to do a lot with the fact that it's still Star Wars. Once that gets removed, once it's no longer the Skywalkers, 
what are they going to bitch and complain about? Like, there's nothing for them to latch on to yeah. to complain about anything. Which is why I feel like people, no one complained about Clone Wars or fucking Rebels or the, the Resistance one that's on yeah, there now. Yeah. Is it because, why? Why didn't they complain about those? Those didn't, you know, piss yeah. them off as much? Or what? It's just because it's the main films and they feel like they could have done a better job. And it's like, I bet you if they, if any of those fucking nerds that complains did a Star Wars film, someone would have shit to say about it as well. So yeah. it's like, they feel like they're the fucking keep all gatekeepers of Star Wars fandom. And it's bullshit. I yeah. Think. So that's basically my wish. John, your last words about the state of Star Wars going forward. I think it's in a good place, dude. I mean, yeah, you're going to have the toxic fandom and you're going to have the bitches and complaints. Ah, it's not supposed to do this. It's not supposed to go like that. And guess what, dude? You're not the one world building. You're not the one creating the stories. So sit down, shut up, and either you're going to take it in and enjoy the film or you're going to bitch about it. So uh, it, it just gets annoying after a while with fandom. And it's like, dude, just enjoy the damn movie for what it is. Yeah. There's no your investment in it. Because you've bought so much merchandise and consumed so much off of it, that doesn't mean shit. You're not the one writing stories. You're not the one. I mean, like, I... Excuse me. <laughs> I, I personally love, like, what they're doing with Mandalorian, dude. I, I fucking... Yeah. You I know, and people freaking out. It's not Baby Yoda. Yeah, I know, but that's yeah. the closest thing. You want to say Baby? It's not a Baby Yaddle. Yeah, it's <laughs> so, just, we call it the child. No, it's yeah. fucking Baby Yoda. It's all yeah. the memes of Baby Yoda. I, I think in that's baby a Yoda on my phone. What's up with that? Oh yeah, hey, that's that's one of the beautiful aspects. And then having like Gina Carano playing it. I mean, not bad to look at. But Is she the shock trooper. Yeah, I was yeah. doing the the other bounty hunter. Yeah. The one, the other, the other bunny. Okay, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. One. not the shock trooper. No, 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 no. She was a shock trooper. Was who, was, who, yeah. was the, who was the one that being hunted in the last second, the last episode? It wasn't. Oh yeah, yeah, Caridun, yeah. Caridun, yeah. The that one that her? beats him yeah, up, that's beats her. Mandalorian. Yeah, that's, yeah. Okay, that's her. Okay. Yeah. That's Gina okay, Carano. Yeah. But she wasn't the one that was in the village. No, that's her. The fuck? Yeah. The uh, same person? Yes, yeah, same person. So he went after her again. Wait, what are you talking about? Okay, where he, where the baby Yoda's drinking the fucking broth. Who's mm-hmm. in that hut? Isn't that Cara Dune? I don't remember the fuck. I don't. I don't remember the names. Yes, that's Jim. And, and for okay. those that are uh, that are not looking at your phone, okay. Carlo just should, pointed yeah. out a okay. picture of Gina Carano. So, so in the episode where that one, the, the 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 pretty boy bounty hunter wants to hunt someone, is that her? No, that's a different girl. That's, that's a, a mercen- That's a mercenary. Okay, okay. That the, that's yeah, that's the one that works for the hut. But, but Gina Carano was a shock trooper. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, clear, it, clear it up. Clear it up. Clear it up. Yeah, damn. Shit. That's okay. a low lighting in that TV show. It's yeah. hard to tell yeah. sometimes. Yeah, I mean, when I bought my, my point to my Mandalorian <laughs> action figure, I was like, what if it sucks? And I was like, nah, I'll buy it because it fucking looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I kept it. Good thing. But I think going into the lore and looking at their belief system and everything like that, I mean, that's awesome. I love yeah. look, I love looking at people's philosophies, their mm-hmm. ethos and everything, like getting more into their, their psychology of everything. But... Um, as far as uh, the the projects they have coming up, I'm excited for it. I just want a good movie. I want to enjoy myself and not be, not listen to the, that's why I stay off of Twitter. You know, mm-hmm. I stay away from all the wanky people that, oh, it's not like this. It's not like that. I mean, shit, you had, uh, 
homegirl that played Rose, you know, get off yeah. of Instagram and yeah, everything. She got harassed it's ridiculous. And Ray dude. had that too early on. She got yeah. fucking tons of shit. And it's like, you know, now the worst thing coming at her is fucking Josh Gad, you know? Mm. So. Wow. <laughs> so, but it, I, I, Star Wars is, is healthy. It's, even though yeah. people are like, oh, they're taking a break because it's fucking, it's, it's not pulling as much money. It's like, you know what? Breaks are fine. Breaks are good. You don't need to pump it out all the time. And a funny thing is, I know I visit the, the parks more than you, but there's this weird... More to- than me? I don't go, I know, sir. you don't go at all. <laughs> um, there's a weird toxic fandom now that's kind of infiltrated Disney itself, like Disney Parks, uh-huh. who are massive haters of Galaxy's Edge. Cause really? Apparently, because because there are no longer six-hour lines for the ride, it's a failure. And I'm like, dude, at this point, most of us have ridden the ride, and we don't have to ride it every fucking day. So, But... They're like, oh, look, there's empty today. It's a failure. They should shut it down. And it's weird, weird toxic fandom that it's just negative and doesn't doesn't want people to enjoy shit. So and they want, like, do they want Galaxy Sets to be, like, crowded and packed well, to they, the they said all the time? They, they said it's a failure because no one's there. I don't know what they want. I don't know if they wanted to fucking shut down or, like, I don't know. But they, they, they started this rumor that, oh, it's, it's a failure and now... Bob Iger's gonna fucking step down because it's a failure. And we're like, what the fuck are you talking about? They, they haven't opened the other half yet. Like, yeah. When so is the Rise of the Resistance? Next month. It already opened in Orlando, but here it's next month. And then, you know, people are just. What they, chunk? Is that a big chunk of Galaxy's Edge, too? Like, or just one ride that's just in the corner? Or it's something a like ride, that? but within that ride, there's gonna be a whole new queue, like probably another little like merchandise area that we haven't seen. Mm. So it's a big chunk that we haven't even looked into before. So it's. it's More menus it, for people to steal. I don't know if there's new. I, I don't know if there's new eateries there. <laughs> no one should ever see the sport from Disneyland. That's sad. Um, but no, uh, there's a whole new ride, and people are like, "Oh, it's a failure because no one fucking goes anymore to get flavored popcorn." I'm like, "Dude, fucking, it's it's." You walk in, and it's like, where else can you find this in the world? It's Star Wars. It's cool. Yeah, enjoy yeah. it. But but they're like, "No, it fucking sucks. It's it's you know." There's no Disney magic, and I'm like, I'm not. I don't want to see fucking Goofy walk out in a stormtrooper outfit. I'm here to see. Kylo Ren walk the fucking, you know, village. I, I think a part of that Disney magic, though, too, is just the way that they're able to give you that. Yeah, that immersiveness. That, that immersive yeah. experience. And it's super awesome. And, and yeah, you know, they'll at the end of the day, it's still Disneyland because they're not going to give you a fucking, you know, a Diet Coke for imperial credits but yeah. they'll, you know it's it's super cool it's super I mean, fun the mouse wants its money so the mouse will get its money somehow um but no i mean it's 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 awesome it's people but toxic this toxic fandom specifically in star wars is really really disheartening but mm. they'll die out i mean they have to they yeah they'll get bored they'll move on hopefully they'll grow up but they'll move on essentially yeah cool all right what else what else carlo that's pretty much covered all bases basically in terms of the okay. format, in terms of what we need to talk about, the films and all that shit. Yeah. John, any any last words before we send you out here? Oh, well, I mean, thank you for having me on. Uh, how does, how does you, is your daughter watching Star Wars? Yeah. Yeah, she is. And okay. I think that she's, she's taking them in. She'll bug the hell out of me just to be like, put on the Mandalorian, put on the Mandalorian. Wow. Yeah. No, like, dude. Play the scene where he kills someone. Yeah. Well, I mean. This is the way. This is the way. <laughs> Walking around saying that. With the knife in her hand. Yeah, yeah. This is the way. She, her dad constantly watches fights and everything. <laughs> so I think that she's she'll be okay. Um, but it, like even watching her go. My wife and daughter go 
were going to the park that had passes for quite some time. And uh, them going to Galaxy's Edge and, you know, my daughter coming home. Oh, Dad, I saw this. Dad, I saw that. Dad, da, 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 da. You know, I love BB-8. I love R2. You know, she's a huge fan of the droids. The people less, but the droids she loves. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, it's just funny to hear, like, to hear that aspect of it. To hear the yeah, toxic. Yeah, to see kids enjoy it. Yeah, that's yeah. the whole thing, dude. Yeah. It's not It's not meant for adults. I, that's also a funny like thing. Freddie Prince Jr. said, remember that yeah, video? Well, Prince, yeah, you know, this is literally a movie for kids. The toys in 77 were made for, weren't made for fucking 30-year-olds. No. They are made for kids, and... Prequels were made for kids. Everything's for kids. This is for kids too. But you know, now you have to find the kid inside of you to enjoy it. That's yeah. the thing. So I, I think people are just so burned by, you know, the world and just so salty that they can't let it go and be like, you know, let me go enjoy a movie like as if I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, then that's perfectly reasonable. All right, one more thing, guys, before we forget. So my wife loves Kinder Chocolate. You know, it's um, there are these little eggs that we found in target i believe star wars eggs don't open them yet okay so inside each egg is one it's like it's like hazelnut sweet cream topped with cocoa wafer bits it's fucking delicious oh they're they're bomb you can't eat them because you're you're doing your yeah i'm doing my keto diet yeah (laughs) sucks for you um your daughter can get it but each one has a star wars toy so we're each gonna open it hopefully we don't have any repeats This this is the star wars edition okay we're gonna open the toy and we're gonna say one thing that we like and we hate about the character who it okay. is, okay? We want to go at the same time. We want to go. Someone goes first. Let's open them up at the same time. Then we'll we'll, we'll yeah. talk one at a we'll time. Talk. So we're opening our Kinder eggs here. I think these were banned in America for a long time, and now they just came back. Yeah. Oh, the the full Kinder egg was banned. the full Kinder egg, right? So they, yeah. that, this is the compromise. This yeah, this, this is the compromise. Yeah, fucking America. Well, you I mean we got stupid people where they'll choke on things? So okay, okay, I got an interesting one. I got an interesting one. Okay, uh, here we go. Okay, here we go. So, um, Carlo, have you had these eggs before? No, I have not. Oh, you're in for a treat, my boy. Oh, they're they're quite delicious, they're sir. Quite delicious. And I have a great toy to give to my kid. It is a choking hazard, John. So make sure she does not eat it. Uh, well, I am. She's six years old, so I think we're gold, dude. <laughs> All right, so who wants to go first? Who has what? John, do you know what you have? Yeah, I've got Phasma. Oh, you got Phasma. Carla, Carla, who did you get? I have a proletariat guard guy. (laughs) Proletariat? Praetorian guard. Parliament guard. (laughs) Parliamentary guard. What is it? Okay, say it in... Praetorian guard. Praetorian, okay, yeah. Proletariat. Say it again, say it with me. Praetorian. Praetorian. There you go. The... Praetorium. All right, so so the t- leftorium guard. Tell me one thing you uh, like and don't like about Phasma, John. Um, I like that in the scenes that we do get to see her, mm-hmm. she's kind of a badass for most for the yeah, most part, yeah. aside from getting tossed into the uh, the um, um, trash compactor. But I think the thing that I don't like about her is. Um, that they didn't give her enough time. I mean, yeah, they're they not enough time to develop her. Yeah, they didn't develop her enough. So. Carlo, tell me something you like and dislike about your Praetorian guard. And how's that? How's that chocolate? How's the chocolate? You're munching on it. You're you're Shit. a Kinder chocolate virgin. So tell me how it is. Uh, Praetorian. What is it? Praetorian. I believe it's Praetorian guard. Praetorian guard. I'm pretty sure. The prehistoric guard. Prehistoric guard. Um, I love the, just the whole look of the guard. I love how it's just like. You can see it's kind of like I don't know. 
samurai kind of looking. Yeah, yeah, a little, yeah, little bit. bit. Yeah, I love that look. That body armor definitely uh-huh. harkens to samurai. Yeah, I love the look of the guard, and then I hate how they go out. Holy shit! <laughs> what a way to go out. <laughs> You hate to see it. <laughs> yeah, I hate to see it. But I got I got Poe, I think. I got Poe. Uh, hard, hard, I think. Hard. Yeah, I think it's his helmet. Um, he looks he, he looks whiter than, than ah. he does in the movies. Um, I, I love Poe because he's a great pilot. Great pilot. Uh, a little bit too much of a hothead sometimes. He needs to chill with the hotheadedness. Mm-hmm. But great pilot. Uh, I, love, I love his relationship with BB-8. Uh, it's like a dog, doggy relationship. Yeah, I see him rub his belly. Oh yeah, when, that, I love that, that scene. One of my favorite poems when he rubs his belly when he finds him. You know, I, I, I hope BB-8 understands that his belly is being rubbed. If not, it's, that's sad. Um, I hope anyway, it's a belly. I'm glad you like it. Wow, you really scarfed down that fucking Kinder that's chocolate delicious. there. All right. Wait, they ban these things? No. Well, we'll we'll have a mini episode where we talk about when Kinder was banned. They they used to have a whole egg. And I think it was a choking hazard for some kids. Fucking kids are so, dumb. But, but the crazy part, they, those <laughs> eggs still exist in the other parts of the world. It's just in America they don't. Oh. Yeah, American yeah. kids are dumb. Okay. So, John, tell us, where can people find you to find more about your art, about your work? Uh, I'm most uh, um, busy on, I'm, I mostly frequent Instagram. Uh, you can find me there. Hit me with a DM if you really want to. Um, Saucy. You'll hear from my knuckleheaded ass, so... Uh, Instagram, Punch Drunk Duck, um, Snapchat, I, everything else, Reddit, all that stuff. Why was Snapchat the first one? Is that do you have like a Snapchat, do you, Facebook? Do you have like a premium members only Snapchat that you charge? Ooh, you know a what? I thought for? about it, cause, uh-huh. but I'm not. Uh, I, I don't know if you're. There's a the, market for everything, John. You're, There's you're a market the fluffy, for everything. Fluffy, hairy man. I mean, it's all. Oh, good, believe dude. me. There's a demo for everything. Uh, um, okay, so at Punch Drunk <laughs> Duck, Punch Drunk Duck at yes. all the social medias, you'll find him. Carla, where can they find us? Uh, on the screens, podcasts at gmail.com. Our Twitter account is podcast OTS. We fuck around on that a lot. Um, Instagram, we have one in the process. Again, it's shit that we're trying to get done. We're slowly moving about, but hopefully a podcast, or not a podcast, an Instagram page will be set up and some other shit in the future. But mainly, podcast OTS, our Twitter handle, and then if you Wanting to give us any feedback on the screens podcast at gmail.com. All right. And then my personal Twitter is at one dash one. You can find me there. I'm probably just trying to sell my shit off eBay. But um, yeah, go ahead and hit us up. Let us know what suggestions you have, how you like our episodes. Please download and subscribe and rate. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, all the major platforms. So yeah, thank you again. So hopefully we'll be back after our. Skywalker drops, and then we'll have a reaction episode to what we've liked about it. Hell yes. Will John come back? I don't know. Depends. Depends. Depends where he parks next time. <laughs> All right. Um, Carla? That's, that's it. it. That's it. Anything else? No, that's All it. Right. Thank you guys for having me on again. Of course. Again. Thank you You're for welcome. joining we'll us. We'll have you back on. Please bring your daughter next time. She, I think she is just as smart as you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's, got, she's got way more insightful things to say than I do. All right. Have a good night. See ya. Bye.